our pastor is not here, but I want to acknowledge him. Um, I want to say thank you for trusting me um, with his pulpit to give his people the word today. Um, I think God has an amazing word, and I think it is very profound that uh, Mr. Charles was doing that earlier today because it goes right along with my message. Um, so God has a word for us today. Um, so let's give it up for Pastor Brian and all the leaders of the church. They are amazing. All right. So I know a lot of you don't know who I am. Maybe you met me last week when I was up here. Um, in a few weeks, I will be taking over the youth ministry here, um, me and my lovely fiance. Um, if you haven't noticed, the angel descending from heaven leading us into worship every week. That is my beautiful fiance. Um, yeah. So guys, hands off. Hands off. Um, we get married next June, and I cannot wait to start my life with her. Um, she's the best thing um, about me. She's the best part of me. Um, she makes us look good. Um, I don't know why I'm in the relationship, but hey, <laughs> God is crazy like that. Um, so a little bit about me, um, two minutes. I am the youngest of three. I have two beautiful older sisters, both of them married, both of them in the ministry back at home in Chicago. Um, one of them just had a beautiful baby girl. Her name is Charlie Grace. I just thought I wish I had a picture of her because you guys will fall in love as soon as you, as soon as you see her. She is amazing. She is so beautiful. Um, so that is the first um, child in my uh, sibling tree line, if, if you will. Um, so we're very blessed to have her. My parents are pastors in Chicago. They pastor a church in the inner city part, so straight in the hood. Uh, that's where I grew up. That's where I'm from. Um, and that's what I be about, if you know what I mean. Um, no, but uh, all right. Um, that's where I'm from. I'm Puerto Rican, 21 years old. Um, I'm new to ministry. Uh, even though I've been in ministry my whole life, I've ran away from ministry, but now I'm back here, and um, I believe that God can use me, um, and it's only through God. It's nothing about me. It's only through the grace of God and the mercy of God that, that I am here in front of you talking to you. If you would have known me five years ago, um, uh, you know, um, it's, it's crazy that I'm up here. Really, it is, um, but that's enough about me. If you want to know more about me, my testimony, my vision for the youth ministry, please come up to me, talk to me. Give me your ideas, your opinions. And I see a lot of new young people in this place. Please come up Wednesday nights at 7 o'clock right next door, the Spot Youth Ministry. We have an amazing time, um, and we just want to get to know you guys better. Amen. All right. Who has their Bibles here this morning? Um, this is church. We have to bring our Bibles to church. Um, this is our weapon. This is what we use in war, um, and we should have it everywhere we go. Um, we will be reading out of the book of Genesis. If you do not know where Genesis is... Please come to the altar. We will get you saved real quick. Um, Genesis is the first book of the Bible. Um, so if you've reached Psalms, you have gone too far. Um, it's the first book, and we will be in chapter 22. If you have not brought your Bible today, you may go. No, I'm just kidding. We'll have it. We'll have it on the screen, and I'll be reading from NIV. So chapter 22, we'll be reading from verses 1 through 14. All right, 1 through 14. Um, uh, verse 1, sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. Verse 3, early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son, Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and he saw the place in the distance. He said it to his service, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and he carried the knife. 
As the, two, um, as the two of them went on together, verse 7, Isaac spoke up and said to his father Abraham, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and the wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered. Now, if you want to underline this in your word because this is so profound, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they reached the place God had told them about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. And this is where the story gets wild. So if you think the Bible is boring, read this story. Because he bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar, on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. Verse 14, last verse. So Abraham called that place the Lord will provide. And to this day it is said, on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. Can we close our eyes and pray as we enter into the word? Uh, Father, we love you. We thank you, Father, for bringing us all here together to fellowship, to lift your name higher, and to grow together, but more importantly, to grow in you, Father. Father, I pray that we learn something new today, learn something from a different perspective. I pray that we don't walk out the same way we walked in, Father. Transform our lives, Father. Make us different. Let us be a light to this dark world out there. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, and everybody says, amen. amen. Now, how many of you guys have heard this story of Abraham and Isaac? Just, just curious. Okay. Um, now, how many of you guys know the story of Abraham pre-Isaac, pre-chapter 22? Anybody? Okay. Um, well, I got all of you guys because our pastor spoke about this a few weeks ago. Oh, so <laughs> a lot of you guys weren't paying attention. No, I'm just kidding. I'll, I'll, I'll briefly um, uh, describe Abraham for you um, pre-chapter 22. Before chapter 22, um, Isaac was in this place with his family. He was in his father's land. And God told him, Abraham, um, get up and go to another land I will show you. And leave your father's household, leave your father's land, leave everything you know, and just follow me and go to a place I will show you. So Abraham, without hesitation, without question, he got up and he went to this land that God had told him about. And now because of his obedience, God told him that he will um, give him a son. God told him that through his lineage, through his um, obedience, if you will, um, many great things will come through. Many great things will come from that. He would have kings, and God went out and painted a picture to Abraham. As many stars are in the sky, as many sands are on the beach, that's how many descendants will come through your lineage because of your obedience. And Abraham's thinking to himself, I'm 99, 100 years old. My wife, she's an old fart. She's 98 as well. How can we have a kid? We don't have a kid yet. But how many of you guys know anything is possible with God? And the next year, they had a son named Isaac. So through Isaac was the promise that God gave to Abraham. Now we find ourselves in chapter 22 where Abraham is awoken by God and he wants Abraham to kill the very promise that God gave to him. Whoo! Man, that'll preach right there. The very promise, his, his physical son, God wanted him to kill. Now God doesn't say why. Abraham doesn't ask why. If you notice, he immediately got up the next morning and he went out and he sat um, to kill his son, to kill his promise. So we can learn a lot of things from Abraham's life, but through this passage, um, I believe we can learn two things. Um, and the first, obviously, is obedience. 
just like Abraham, we have to make sure that we are always in obedience with God. But it gets tricky because how many of you guys have kids in here? How many of you guys are parents? Okay. Um, I was a rebel, if you will, when I was growing up. And if my father or my mother were to tell me to clean the dishes, wash, uh, or not wash, clean my room, uh, take out the trash or anything like that, I would do it, but it would be like five or six hours later. Now, how many of you parents can't stand that because you want it to be done when you want it to be done? Come on, can I hear an amen? Amen. amen. So what does that tell us? That delayed obedience is still disobedience in God's eyes. He wanted Abraham to get up and, and, and kill his son without any question. And that's exactly what Abraham did. Delayed obedience is still disobedience. Abraham was so obedient to God, he made sure that he was in the right eyes with God, that he was literally going to kill the promise of God. Now, I know I'm speaking to a lot of church folk in here um, and a lot of Christians, um, but this speaks to me as well. Because I know, probably not here in Mulberry, but in Chicago, there's a lot of heathens. Um, and they love, they love the title, they love the ministry, they love the recognition more than they love to be in obedience with God. Abraham, he, I, can't, I can't express this enough, he literally took the promise God gave him, his ministry, and he was going to forfeit that just so that he could be in obedience with God. Now, how many of you, uh, I don't want to show of hands, I just want you to think, how many of you guys can lay down your ministry, can lay down your title, could give up your, uh, um, your raise at, at, at the job, could give up all these things just so that you could be in obedience with God? That's a tough question, man. But as Christians, as humans, that's where we need to be at in our lives. That's the questions we need to ask. If God asks us to give up something, are we willing to do that? Are we willing to be in obedience with God? Now, the second thing I think we can learn from Abraham, he had the first thing was obedience. The second thing, um, I believe, uh, now you guys might think, what are you talking about? But I'll explain it, um, is the fire. If you notice, Abraham, while he was walking um, up the mountain with Isaac, he had the knife and he had the fire with him. Church, in this day and age, in this crazy world, we need the fire of the Holy Spirit inside of us. We need the fire burning inside of our stomach so that we can make a change in this city and in this community. Now, if I could be so bold as a 21-year-old man, as somebody who's only been in this church for seven months, I want to speak to the older crowd in here. I want to speak to the older generation. If you notice, there's two generations going on in the story. There's Abraham, who would be considered the older generation. Isaac would be considered the younger generation. Now, I don't want to put you in a, cate uh, in a category because I don't want to offend anybody. But <laughs> um, all of you guys are young in my eyes. But put yourself, um, relate yourself to somebody, either Abraham or Isaac in this situation. Now, if I could be so bold to speak to the older generation, with all due respect, you might be looking at us young folks and saying, man, they have too much, they have too much energy. They have too much passion underneath them. They're just wild. They're crazy. They're running around. I warn you. Because that fire, that same passion, is also for you too. If you notice, like I said before, Abraham had the fire. And older generation, we need you to have the fire. As we walk through this journey of life together, we need you guys to have the fire of the Holy Spirit. And fire, it actually purifies things. If you didn't know that, it purifies things. In this world, man, we're just struggling with homosexuality, with pornography. But the older generation, they have that purity within them. And we need you guys to share that with us. 
We need you guys as the older generation. So fire, have that, have that passion. And another cool thing is, um, passion is good, passion is great. I'm passionate about the Chicago Cubs, but sometimes they get me upset because they suck. Um, but that wears away, passion wears away, but it's okay to have passion for a short period of time. But what lasts in the long run is your calling. Calling never, runs, uh, never burns away, um, passion does. Um, now, I'm not saying don't have passion. I'm, I, I encourage you to be passionate about something. Be passionate about going out and feeding the homeless. Be passionate about reaching out to the prostitutes. Be passionate about reach, reaching out to the game bangers, to the drug addicts. Be passionate about that. But sooner or later, passions run away or they burn away. But your calling will never burn away. And I challenge you guys, everybody in this place, to go back to that place Go back to that season. Go back to your, your prayer closet where God anointed you with a calling upon your life. And reignite that spark of fire inside of your life. Amen? Amen. So that's a little bit about Abraham. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about Isaac now. Um, we've seen that uh, this, the point of view from Abraham, what was going through his mind. What was going through Isaac's mind? Now as a son, um, I have a father. I could relate to Isaac better, and I would be terrified if my father does anything like this. Just completely terrified. Um, I can only imagine when they're walking towards the mountain, Isaac must be thinking to himself, well, we, we've done this before, but at this point, you know, we had a lamb. And he even asked his father that, where's the lamb? Abraham said, God will provide. Notice Isaac never questioned Abraham's judgment. And I think that is so critical for us young people to trust in our elders. And that's the first thing we can learn from, uh, from Isaac is trust. We have to trust in our elders and we have to trust that God's plan on their life and God's, um, God's plan on their life is in our best interest. They've been there before, young people. They've been in ministry much longer. They've been in this life much longer. Let's trust them um, and let's rely that God is doing something good in their life. Um, yes, so the second thing we can learn from Isaac and we will be uh, fast-forwarding a few chapters here um, into Genesis 26, verse 18. And I think this is very profound, not only for the young people, but for everybody. And we are in, in Genesis 26, um, verse 18. That's all we're going to read. Isaac reopened the wells that had been dug in the time of his father Abraham, which the Philistines had stopped up after Abraham died. And he gave them the same names his, fa his father had given them. So we, we find ourselves a few chapters later where Abraham is dead. He is no longer in the picture. He is gone. Um, that generation has passed away. Now it's Isaac's generation. Now it's Isaac's turn to show the people something. If you notice in the scripture, Abraham had dug wells so that the people could drink fresh water, his people of the land. But after Abraham died, the Philistines, they came and they put dirt in it and they filled it right back up. Now notice what Isaac does. He didn't go in the corner of his room and start crying and say, why, God, why did they fill it up? We have nothing to drink. No, he didn't do that. He went out and he dug his own wells. So what does that tell us? That tells us that we cannot rely on others' blessings. We have to go out and, and receive those blessings on our own. Church, these past, uh, we've had amazing pastors in FAM Church. I've heard amazing stories about them. But guess what? I'm here to tell you that that's them. That was their time. That was their season. This is a new season for us to go out and dig our own wells and receive our own blessings. We cannot rely on our fathers, our grandfathers' faith and beliefs. We have to go and put the work in ourselves. So that's my second point. It's very simple. Um, 
we have to put our work to the test and not rely on others' blessings. I think that is so profound in a world where we're just handed everything. Uh, I know my generation were handed everything. Mom, I want McDonald's. Mom, I want this. I want that. And we're just given. In the spiritual world, we cannot be given faith. We cannot be given our belief system. We have to earn that for ourselves. And church, I'm here to tell you, I've lived off of my father's, my mother's, my grandfather's faith off of their belief system for a long time. But I went out and I dug myself. I dug a well for me, for my fiance, and it is so much sweeter. It is so much better to experience your own blessings. God had a lot of blessings for our past generations, but guess what? He has a lot for us too. And it's going to overflow with goodness and love. Amen. So the last thing um, I want to talk about, um, very short message. Uh, I don't like to be up here long. Um, last thing I want to, we, we learned from Abraham, we learned from Isaac. Now what can we learn from them together? And if Charles, if you could come up here, um, I just want to give a little illustration. Um, what Charles said earlier, I'm telling you, it was so profound and it was much needed in our world today and in our church. Look at him go. He's like a 21-year-old. <laughs> yeah. So if you notice in the scripture, I'm Isaac, this is Abraham. Not because you're old, because you're wise and all. Yeah, yeah, you're wise. Um, <laughs> your father, yeah, exactly. Notice in the scripture, when they were walking up to the mountain, it says they walked together. Abraham didn't go by himself. Isaac didn't go by himself. They walked together. Now, I did a little research. Um, together in Hebrew is yakhad, which means unity. Synonyms are union, alike, both, likewise, all together. So while Abraham and Isaac were walking towards the mountain, they were in unity. They were on the same page to go worship God. Church, we, we do not need a division of generation. We do not need a division in gender. We do not need a division in the church. We all know that a house divided against itself cannot stand. And that's what we're seeing outside of the church in America. All this division, we have to be in one accord, walking to worship God together, coming up Hallelujah. to the altar together Hallelujah. to worship our Lord and Savior, Hallelujah. Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Now, another cool thing about this, about this passage, when they were walking together, they had, their, they had their servants with them. But Abraham, he gave Isaac the wood. Abraham had the knife and the fire. They didn't give it to their servants. So what does that tell us? We all have something to bring to the altar. We all have gifts and abilities and talents to bring to the altar, to bring to church. We have to stop coming to church empty-handed, uh, looking for what the church could give to us, looking for what the pastor give to us. We have to come with our tools, our God-given abilities, and just lay it down at the altar for Christ. We all have something within us. We all have something inside of us. We just have to be willing to give it up. If you notice, when God called Abraham, he said, here I am, Lord. Here I am. And that should be our attitude, our mindset as Christians, as humans. Here I am. Whatever you need, Father, it's yours. So if we can stand up as we close tonight's or this morning's service. Um, now, if you haven't been paying attention to anything I'm, I've been saying, that's fine. But please, please pay attention to, to this. Because I think this is the most profound thing a Christian can live by. Their standard. Now, we go back to the story of Abraham and Isaac. And they were walking to the mountain together. On the way to worship, they were walking. Isaac has no idea what's going on. He's just trusting in the older generation. They get to the altar. Abraham puts the wood down and he makes the altar. Without question, Isaac, he bound it up and he laid himself down on the altar. 
he must be thinking, man, what's going on? My father said God will provide. Notice, Abraham was about to kill Isaac. He was about to kill his very promise. But none of them got up from the altar. None of them got scared. None of them questioned God. They both stood at the altar. And right when he was about to kill him, the angel said, whoa, 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 whoa. Calm down, calm down. You know, you're crazy. What are you doing? This was only a test. And not until then did they see the ram caught in the thorns. So what does that tell us? If you get up from the altar, you will never see the God of provision. Stay at the altar, church. Stay at the altar. If you stay at the altar in your life, God will provide everything you need. And notice, they said a lamb. God said, I'll give you a ram. Something much bigger, something much greater. Church, in your life, wherever you're at, you don't need to let anybody know. You know where you're at. In your marriage, in your finances, with your children. Stay at the altar. And God will be faithful and be 